0: Well good morning. It's good to see you this morning. I told Aaron earlier this week that I thought my topic was making the most of our walk with God from Psalm 1, and that's what I'm going to preach on this morning, so if you want to go ahead and turn to Psalm 1, but as I was looking at the song service, I realized last night there wasn't any change in it because we sang a lot about walking with God, and so um, thank you Aaron for The song service this morning, um, we are going to be in Psalm 1. It's a privilege to be here uh, to share with you. The last time I had the opportunity to preach, at least uh, in the main worship service, was 4th of July, Sunday of 2020. And there was one person here, well, me and one other. And I stood right up here and preached to a video camera because we had a COVID pause. And uh, it's a whole lot easier to have a lot of smiling faces or frowning faces or sleeping faces than a video camera. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you've chosen to start the year 2022 in the house of the Lord. And so I'm looking forward to what um, God might can teach us this morning. Uh, Today's January the 2nd. And I don't know about at your house, but at least at my house, that means we've made some new years resolutions. We don't really call them that at my house. We call them goals and objectives. And uh, to be completely honest, Susie's uh, goals and my goals look very different. Uh, Her goals are very specific and very measurable. She wants to do this by this certain time of the year or this number of days a week. She's going to do this and she can look back at any time throughout the year and actually mark her progress. And my goals are, tend to be more generic, more, um, this is a good idea. I may try to do this. And I'll tell you the one that I told her, uh, one of them that I told her um, for this year for me is portion control. I like to eat. And the problem is I'm usually full after my first plate, but I always want a second plate. And so, um, last night, I finished my meal. I didn't go get seconds. I just stopped, and then we cleaned up the kitchen, and I opened up the pantry, and I got, we got these big square marshmallows that you use to make s'mores with, and I grabbed one out. And she said, well, now, wait a minute. I thought you said you were working on portion control. Well, the more I control my portions at the table, the more marshmallows I can eat, or <laughs> cake, or whatever. But, Uh, My goals tend to be very generic, and then I can justify whether I'm meeting them or not. And it at least makes me feel okay about myself. But the reality is, for most of us, we make goals and resolutions, and we don't often keep them. Um, And the reality is, for at least most of us as believers, most years we make some sort of goal for our spiritual walk. Uh, this is the year that we're going to, maybe it's the year that we're going to get consistent about reading our Bible. And maybe for us, it's that we don't ever read our Bible, and so we just want to make sure we read it a couple times a week. Or maybe it's we read it a couple times a week, and this is the year we want to read it every day. Or maybe we read it every day, but we've never been systematic about reading from beginning to end. And so this is the year that we're going to read the Bible through from start to finish. And The reality is, for most of us, uh, we may not always stick to that, but I don't want you to hear me say that those are bad goals. I think we should all, wherever we are in our spiritual walk, there should be goals that would help us to continue to grow in our spiritual walk. And this morning, as we read uh, Psalm 1, I hope that we can maybe see some lessons that we can learn that would help us as we... um, Make resolutions or make goals for 2022 for our spiritual walk. Before we read the passage, just a tiny bit of context because I like to know kind of what I'm reading before I read it. Psalm is Psalm, the Book of Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible. It's in the Old Testament. There's 150 psalms, um, are songs, and they were. Um, written by several different people. We know that David wrote somewhere between 70, or at least he's a, he's credited with uh, somewhere between 70 and 75. We know Solomon wrote some. We know some that we don't know who wrote them, and Psalm 1 is one that we don't really know for sure who wrote it. Um, but um, the, the book of Psalms is a great book for us because it offers us a window into the faith of... God's people 2,500 years ago. Um, We see how, uh, through the book of Psalms, we see how the people worshipped and we see how God responded. And this was people who uh, were following and placing their faith in God even before Christ was born. And so, um, if their faith is strong and we can see that through this book, then this book of Psalms should strengthen our faith because we can look back that Jesus has come and He's died and He's risen again and fulfilled the covenant and provides salvation for each of us. Um, It's been said that the book of Psalms is God's prescription for a complacent church because through it we can see how great, wonderful, magnificent, wise, and awe-inspiring that He is. And so I hope this year, if nothing else, you'll take time to read through the psalms. Most of them are short. Most of them you can read through in one sitting in about two or three minutes. And they are a great uh, way to strengthen your faith. And so um, Psalm One's a significant psalm. It uh, kicks off the book of Psalms um, with the call to what... Um, uh, What happens if you live a godly life? And the reality is, we all as believers are seeking to live a godly life. And so, um, this morning, hopefully as we read this and we kind of unpack these six verses, I hope that we can see some lessons that we can apply um, to our lives this year. So, um, if you have your Bibles open, you'll read along with me. We're going to be Psalm chapter 1, and we're going to read the whole thing, and so... Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So as we kind of walk through these six verses, um, it starts out um, and it just declares, this is who the blessed man is, Um, and it says he is... Uh, does not walk or walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. And right off the top, I think a lesson that we can learn is that we need to look around and we need to see who and how we're being influenced. Um, we see that this blessed man is not influenced by ungodly influence. He's not sitting in the council of the wicked. And uh, a, a neat thing about scripture, and I don't know Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or any of the old languages, but there are people that do, that study them. And um, my translation, uh, the council of the wicked is C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And the idea is that it's the uh, the knowledge or the instruction of the wicked, but it could also be CIL or that you walk in the group of the wicked. And so uh, a blessed man doesn't hang out with uh, bad influence, it doesn't hang out with ungodly people. Um, you know, when I was a youth minister, the idea would be maybe this was we're just trying to test out what happens with the in crowd. You know, maybe we know we're not supposed to do it but we do it anyway, and we think as we get older that we don't fall into that temptation, but I'm not in youth ministry, nor am I a youth anymore, but I still find myself wanting to be a part of the in crowd, the popular crowd, and so are we willing to take a step back and say no? Uh, We know that the blessed man, the one who's following God, the one who's Uh, life is growing spiritually is not following into this wicked instruction and um, then we see that he doesn't stand in the way of the sinners or he doesn't sit with the scoffers and there's a progression of this influence right Um, maybe we're just walking with them but maybe we can still get away but now we're sitting at the table with them or we're uh, standing with them and so the idea is that the more we are influenced by ungodly influence, then the more we are walking, or the less we are able to grow with Christ. Contrast that to verse 2, where it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on the law he meditates day and night. And the law, the word is Torah. And we, we know the word Torah. We think about the Torah being the first five books of the Uh, Old Testament, but that's not necessarily what this means. The idea is this is all of the teaching of God. The blessed man, it says, his delight is in all of the teaching of God. And on all of those teachings, he meditates day and night. And so um, for me, when I think about meditation, I think about this Zen new age. We want to sit on a yoga mat with you know, close our eyes, mm, clear our mind, all of this. And, and so we read this, and that's sort of kind of when we read meditate. That's kind of at least the first thing that comes to my mind. But the idea here is not that we clear our minds and clear our aura, to use a meditation word. But the idea is that we. it really is maybe better translated murmurs. And that makes us sound like we're crazy, and that's not what I mean. The idea is that always in our mind and always in our mouth all day and night is the Word of God, the law of the Lord. And so the blessed man is one who has found his delight in the Word of God always penetrating his heart and his mind and his lips. And so as we kind of first read this first section... Uh, of the passage, I think we have to answer the question in our own lives, what are we being influenced by? Who are we being influenced by? Are we being influenced by ungodly influence? Are we standing with the wicked? Are we sitting with the scoffers? Or are we being influenced by godly influence? Is the word of God constantly in our minds and constantly in our hearts and constantly on our lips? Um, We know that um, Scripture teaches all about uh, memorizing and meditating and uh, the Word of God. And so as we walk into 2022, uh, we need to be, and if we want to make the most of our walk with God, then we need to be a people that are committed to uh, meditating on the teaching of God's Word. So then, as we continue reading, we get to verse three and verse four, and um, it says, "He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so; they are like the chaff that the wind drives away." And we see this agricultural um, metaphor. That really, I think, we can ask the question: Is um, who are we becoming? as we read this. um, Look, verse 3, we read about a tree that's planted by streams of water. Now, it's one thing if the tree just happened to be planted next to a river, but that's not necessarily what the psalmist is talking about. Instead, the psalmist is talking about a tree that was intentionally planted next to an irrigation canal. And... If we know anything about the climate of the Middle East, there's lots of desert, there's lots of dry, there's lots of uh, area with no water. And so this tree is intentionally planted next to this irrigation uh, canal so that its source of life, the water, will never run out. The canal will always have water for it. And what happens to this tree Well, the first thing that we can see, and and this can, as far as our Christian walk, when we plant ourselves next to Christ and we grow deep roots, then we're just like this tree. We yield our fruit. And so we're fruitful, just like the tree is fruitful. Now, a tree doesn't grow fruit for itself. I mean, I guess it does in a sense because it has seeds and the seeds make new trees, but... Really, the fruit's for us, right? Or for the animals, or for whatever. It's God's way. Uh, it's one of God's ways that He's provided food for us, right? Through the fruit of the tree. And as believers, as we're fruitful, it's not really for us. It's for the people that we walk alongside with. It's for uh, to honor the Father. That uh, as we walk with Him, we're fruitful. And when we're fruitful, then the Bible says, to, you know... Um, Totally lose my train of thought. When we're fruitful, people come to faith because of, not because of us, but God uses us and uses our fruit to see more and more people in the kingdom grow. And so, um, we want to be like this tree that's planted next to this irrigation canal, that's fruit comes in its season. It's also durable. Uh, It says that its leaf does not wither, and I don't know about at y'all's house, but at least in my neighborhood, the leaves have all withered and fallen off and they're everywhere. Um, and, and we don't want to be, as we walk with God in 2022, and for the rest of our lives, we don't want to be like leaves that have withered and fallen away uh, from the tree. We want to be durable. We want our faith to be strong. Um, and then it says, and all he does is, he prospers and the idea is that not necessarily health and wealth and that if you follow Jesus you're going to be rich and everything's going to be good but spiritually you're going to prosper you're going to have uh, blessings from God that are immeasurable and innumerable because you're walking with him but contrast that to the wicked in verse 4 Says so the wicked are not so, but are like the ch- the chaff that the wind drives away. Now, uh, we like um, fixer upper, Chip and Joe, and uh, we have uh, are looking forward to Wednesday when the Magnolia Network uh, replaces DIY on our TV and. We've already been watching all of the stuff that we can stream ahead of time. Some of y'all are looking at me like y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. It's a house decoration TV channel. Don't, just don't worry about it. But there's a show on there called uh, Ren- Renovation Nation with Clint Harp. And Clint Harp is a woodworker. I know nothing about woodworking except for the people that do it. It really fascinates me, uh, and they're way smarter than I am, and th- that's about the extent of what I know of the woodworking. But on this particular episode, on the preview that has come out, uh, they uh, Clint goes to upstate New York and tears down this 300-year-old Dutch barn and puts it on an 18-wheeler and drives it to Montana and rebuilds it next to... Um, the Yellowstone River. I don't know why they felt like they needed to do that, but that's what they wanted to do, and they wanted to make a TV show about it. And they turned uh, that particular barn into a working wheat mill. And I tried to find this clip because it'd be a whole lot better if you could actually see the clip, but it's not out yet, so I couldn't show it to you. But um, they get the barn built, and it doesn't have any walls. It's just a frame, and they've got some wheat, and they've got this big... You know, 14 foot metal wheel on this spring beside the house, and it's going to turn uh, the gristmill in this barn that they're building. And so uh, the guy's showing Clint this whole process, and so they've got all the doors open, and the breeze is coming off of the river, and he takes his uh, fork thing and throws the wheat up in the air. And what happens is the wind catches. And all of the useless part of the wheat, the chaff, blows out into the yard. And the part they want to keep falls down on the ground. And they do this for like 30 minutes. Of course, you know, they like, you know, shrink it down for like 30 seconds on the show. But they just stand there for 30 minutes and throw the wheat up in the air. And every time they throw it up in the air, more and more of the uselessness blows away. And after however long of doing this over and over and over, what's left on the floor is the actual wheat that they're going to use to grind in the mill and then to make bread. And the cool thing about this particular barn is they turned it into a coffee house. And if you're ever in Yellowstone, you you can go see it and you can pay them you know eight bucks or whatever for a cup of coffee, um, but uh, and you can eat the bread that they make with the wheat that they grow in the backyard and they do all of this on. I say all of that to say this. In verse 4 it says, the wicked are like that chaff. The world throws us up in the air and the wind blows and the wicked are blown away. They're useless. There's no point to them. And what falls and what remains is the pure, the righteous. I don't know about y'all, but As God throws me up in the air, I hope I fall down and don't get blown away by the wind. I want to be that good wheat. I want to be found useful for the kingdom. Um, And the blessed man obviously is. And so as we read through the passage, obviously we want to look at our influence. See how we're being influenced. We want to look at what we're becoming. We want to see, are we like the tree that has its fruit in its season? Or are we like that chaff that's somewhere blown away and useless and has no purpose? And then as we answer those two questions, I think the kind of the last part, verse 5 and 6, it helps us to understand why Because we look ahead and we see what's at stake with the answer to those questions. Um, The psalmist says that the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The Lord knows. And, you know, the day's coming. We don't know when. (coughs) It's hard to believe that it's 2022. it seems like we were just worried about our uh, computers not working at Y2K, right? And uh, I saw something yesterday that uh, the majority of the children born in America this year are going to see the year 2020, 2100, if the Lord tarries. And so time is just flying by. It's crazy how it happens uh, and how quick it goes. Um, but we know that there is a day coming. When the judgment's gonna happen, we know that that we've read the end of the book, right? We have revelation, we know that Jesus is coming back. And we know that at that day of judgment, whether we're alive for it, whether we have passed away, and it, you know, we know there's coming a day where God's gonna look at us, and we see right here in the book of Psalms. That the wicked, those who are apart from the Father, apart from the Son, will not stand in that judgment. But the righteous, the Lord knows. And so as we move into 2022, as we uh, think about who we're becoming, we think about what's at stake for our lives. I hope that we will plant our feet on the Word of God. We will tie our heart to Jesus and we will commit to growing this year more in Christ than we ever have before because we want to be found as a part of the righteous on the day of judgment. couple just like points of application as we wrap it up. Um, the sources of influence in your life play a major role in your spiritual growth. And so, um, as you think about 2022, think about how you're being influenced. Think about what you're allowing into your mind and into your heart. And make sure that, uh, I'm not saying that we can't do sports or cooking or we can't listen to music on the radio or watch movies on Netflix. I'm not saying any of that, but... The main source of our influence in 2022 needs to be godly influence. It needs to be the word of God. It needs to be the people of God. Um, a second point is just a life apart from uh, daily meditation on God's word is a life that's in spiritual plateau or decline. Uh, I liken it to um, a graph. My wife's a math teacher. I see graphs all the time. Um, If I'm hooked on Jesus and we're walking this way, wherever Jesus goes, I go. If I'm not hooked on Jesus and we're walking this way, it really doesn't matter where Jesus goes because every step I take, I'm going to move a little further and a little further away from him. And so uh, we need to be committed to uh, meditation on God's word, God's truth, uh, communication with Christ in our daily walk. And so uh, just two easy, basic points of application from the passage, but something that I think can help us make the most of our walk with God in the year 2022. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for this day, and thank you for your Word, and thank you that we can read and study your Word, and that as we read and study your Word, we hear from you. Thank you that you care enough about us that you sent us your Word, that you sent us your Son. And God, I pray that um, as we move into 2022, 2022... God, I just pray that uh, as a whole and as individuals, we would (laughs) commit to uh, growing and walking with you closer than we ever have before. And God, if there's uh, one here that's never placed their faith in Christ, God, we pray that even now as we uh, pray together, uh, that they would call upon the name of the Lord place their faith in uh, Christ to be saved. God, be with us as we go throughout the rest of our service today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.